Hey everybody, quick introduction here that this is a, a, a an off-format special edition episode that we recorded during spooky season that I just did not have an episode to kick out um, over the next week or week and a half. I'm going to pump out extra episodes that are hopefully going to help compensate for the scheduling issues we had last week. So in this discussion with Fuzz, I want you to also note he has a few microphone issues where he gets some bleed over from his uh, headphones. So if you notice what that is, I apologize. Uh, it's just going to be a temporary thing for when we had him on the show. But if you're interested in rock and roll iconography, punk shit, anything in that zone, I think this is a, a fairly amusing, entertaining, and uh, informative conversation. So let's get on with the show. Welcome to Oops All Monsters, the deadly unserious show about creatures and cryptids and curiosities curated by two weirdos from wild and wonderful West Virginia. That weirdo with me when I can get him to slice the skin and pulp away from his orange face to reveal a functioning mouth is Gavin. And this weirdo with me who is under my powerful influence is Hess. And we are here to, unlike we always are, have a bit of an, an informal conversation with a third party today. Uh, we're doing a kind of a special off-brand episode. Uh, a friend of ours, Fuzz, a friend of ours, Fuzz is his name. We're going to talk about a cultural icon of a monster today, a character, an image known as the Crimson Ghost. So how about, Fuzz, you intro yourself a little bit, and then we will kind of um, freeform open up this topic and find out what it's all about. Yeah, that, this is me. I'm Fuzz. I am the third-party candidate. So, uh... Yeah, awesome. Have fun with that. <laughs> You're never gonna get me. You're never gonna get me. I uh, I am the Roth Perot of West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I Let's got two billion this. at home. Can I finish? Can I finish? Can I finish? So, the Crimson Ghost for the uninitiated is a it's a logo mostly that you see on T-shirts and stickers on. Punk rockers and weirdos, maybe in glow in the dark. Might be wearing one. right. So you're you're probably seeing it on Misfits t-shirts, but now it's been around for decades. So Fuzz, how can we start on this topic? I mean, where where's a good place to get moving? Yeah, it's on? actually from something, you little shits. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, the Crimson Ghost wasn't actually a film at first. It started out as a serial. Um, and it was released in 1946. So yeah, it came out in 46, but it was one of the last film serials because what um, was very popular in the silent film era, and it kind of lost popular popularity for when talkies came out. But they were little chapter segments, and um, movie theaters would rent the rights to them, and each week they would show a chapter. And it started out as a 12-chapter serial. Um and so it was later in 1955 re-edited and uh, turned into a uh, six-part series that was televised. And then again in 1966, I believe, it was edited again and then colorized. And it was turned into like a hundred minute movie. Right. Yeah. I'm I'm looking at imagery from the uh, the old serialized program, and it's 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 really funny because you've got these guys like 
These guys are standing around in these very 1940s, like, three-piece suit types uh, amongst a bunch of scientific-looking contraptions, and uh, amongst them is a creepy guy in what seems like almost a a very good Halloween costume. Yeah, for the time, yeah. You know, he's just, like, chilling out, and I'm sure, you know, in, like, SD on your early tube TVs, it looked really tight and incredible. But uh, now that I'm looking at this, was there just, was there one person under the mask here who played the, uh, the, the masked figure of the ghost? Yeah, the whole like the whole kind of premise of the thing it was kind of like a almost like a like a Dick Tracy yeah. crime drama yeah where like these these scientists made this thing called uh, cyclot like uh, cyclotrode or cyclotrode X and it was this thing that was built to basically make like a shield around the United States that protected from atomic bombs. It wasn't really a shield per se, but like it was like an EMP. Kind yeah, of. it was like an EMP. It affected. Um, like electrical devices, it could shut them off, but it could also repel atomic attacks somehow. It was made by these like scientist professor guys at some crappy university, and um, when they were they were like they were showing it off to the public, and then these like goons come in and try to steal it, and they destroy like so the professor that made it destroyed it, and then like. But they had a backup somewhere, like housed in a warehouse, and this villain, like he's just like a villain type guy called the Crimson Ghost, like keeps trying to attain it, and eventually he does. But then it gets broken again, and then he yeah. make... then he's got to make heavy water. Yeah, then he's got yeah. Well, he's got to no, he's got to yeah, he's got to make heavy water to make his own, and he tries to steal uranium to make the heavy water, and like, yeah, it's a bunch of like catty back and forth crap because like you know yeah, film serial yeah serials were made to like each chapter was supposed to like leave like leave off on a cliffhanger so it, it makes like it doesn't make a lot of sense when you can reduce <laughs> it into like one viewing because it's like it's supposed to be like episodic so i guess the 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 10 year olds that were sitting around watching these episodes were not uh super stressed about the continuity of the overall story well it, it was probably honestly in the 40s it wasn't 10 year old kids it was probably like just normal adults yeah. um because people were people were stupid back in old time <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah, so it's like this really convoluted story about, and like at, at some point in time, like he does make the heavy water, and then that was like this key ingredient to make the cyclotro, like cyclotrode X, and then also creates a death ray for whatever reason to like protect it. Yeah, you're always gonna make a death ray. Yeah. So, and then like I don't know, a bunch of people get killed. Yeah, like everybody, like gets everybody killed. gets that, killed. That's how they find out who. That's it is. yeah. That's how they find out. Of who's <laughs> yeah. still alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's exactly <laughs> yeah. how that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, because mm-hmm. everyone just keeps dying, yep. and so they <laughs> okay. they figure it out, and they kind of it's just kind of like the Scooby Doo movement moment where they uh, they peel his you know skeleton skull face mask off, and it's this other shitty professor. Yes, Professor oh. Parker. Did. Yeah, Professor Parker. Yeah, that's and then yeah, he gets arrested, and that's kind of the end. Um, huh. But you know, I think a lot of why the popularity of it for especially for Glenn Danzig to and you know Kevin's inspiration was like he is heavily influenced by science fiction and yeah. horror and pop and that part yeah that particular aspects of pop culture and 
you know, that was like, you know, I'm, I'm sure he probably saw, I mean, I don't know this, this could be me just pulling shit out of my ass, but he probably saw the colorized version in 66. Yeah. Cause that's when mm -hmm. it would be about the time he would go. Yeah. Watch right. Yeah. Watch it, it, it was on TV, which I think would be easy yeah. to access than like, yeah. Going out and yeah, because trying well, to find it in the theater. They're not well. They're not putting. They wouldn't have put it out in theaters at that time. Yeah, it, was yeah. Already, it would have been a whole separate process to put it into the theater system. Yeah, yeah. I'm imagining Glenn Danzig is like the 14 year old drunk kid that he was watching TV one day and going, oh, "Well, this is awesome," because there's a lot of there's a lot of like 1940s heavy punches where they knock each other over yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah like yeah like yeah. 40s guy fit where it's just him sucking his gut and his chest yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> like like jim reeves is superman this is the most this is the most physically fit human we could find yeah um <laughs> look this par paragon of athleticism yeah um who looks like a retired bare knuckle boxer but, but, but yeah, no, I mean, I, because my, I would say my outside knowledge of like how Danzig kind of consumed culture, uh, in his kind of, I don't know, suburb, suburban kind of football, like altered yeah, I mean, state they were, football was, bro mentality. He was from Lodi, New Jersey. So yeah, you know, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. You know, like it's I mean, all I, like I, yeah. Italian dickheads like <laughs> you know like yeah new jersey i mean i mean yeah i mean particularly i yeah the misfits are so weird because they're glenn danzig is like a a a person almost with two halves fused together perfectly except you know it's not a colloid he's a solution yeah where he's <laughs> he's mixed these strange horror and sci-fi interests into a total bro. Yeah. And it, you usually don't get that. You, yeah. you usually you've got like at, at weirdest, like Iggy pop or, um, you know, like captain sensible where you're like, okay, that's one flavor that makes sense to me. <laughs> but like the nightmare bro goth, like ex football player, who's like yeah. you know the the fascist in charge of his own creative like world, is such an odd flavor that you don't usually get. Like yeah. Glenn Danzig is is a real odd character. Oh, he's a fucking nerd. Um, I mean, yeah. that's, that's <laughs> yeah. thing. I mean, yeah. I mean, the whole name like the Misfits is taken from Marilyn Monroe's last movie. Yeah, right, so, you know, right, right. And then like they couldn't get their. You know, their first when they first started a band in like '77, uh, they couldn't get a record label to pick them up, so they started their own record label. Well, he did with yeah, Jerry yeah. only. With, uh, the, with called, thanks to thanks to like uh, Jerry's dad's like yeah. money from the the shop where they worked, right? Yeah, yeah, it was like, like a mechanic shop, and like yeah, and uh, yeah, Jerry only and Doyle who would join the band later. Were, that's you know, they were just. Like like I said, like Italian Jersey douchebags working yeah. on cars. And, yeah, but, but uh, yeah, I mean, they named their label uh, that they created Plan Nine. You know, which it was obviously yeah, yeah, Plan yeah, Nine yeah, from absolutely. Outer Space. So yeah, and then like if you listen to like a lot of their songs, like it's all themed no, it, around it is that real, campy. It is real. 60s. It is nerd shit. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, and the and like I, I famous monsters. Yeah, well, oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah, but that was <laughs> yeah. that's later. So that, I don't, I don't count yeah. that. That's that's there, there, there is what, a misfits without dancing. So 
Yeah. What what occurs to me is is that like Glenn Danzig is kind of the hear me out here the blade of rock stars <laughs> meaning he's like the, he's he's a day walker where he's yeah. he shouldn't be able to he shouldn't be able to survive the the glaring sun of like uh, of like gothy horror midnight movie Elvira vibes but for some reason he's he is the the rare exception that can encompass all of these things. He's the, yeah. he's the true abomination well, of it, vampire that's rock even, stars. That's even more so when you you know when you think about how when the Misfits started out, they didn't have a guitar player. It was Glenn mm-hmm. Danzig playing like electric mm-hmm. keyboard, yeah, to provide the yeah. rhythm section. So you know, yeah, it wasn't until they got Franchicoma, which was like I don't know a year and a half or so after they had started playing, that they actually went you know with a guitar sound that laid, led him more into you know kind of ramones-ish type punk rock like kind of pop yeah. punk and then they and you know I, they changed I, themselves i actually later. forget i forget are there recordings of that like synthesizer era yeah it's I, called static I, age like they re-released all okay that. well i i had i mean i i think i had that in high school and didn't just didn't enjoy it properly, but yeah, it, it's yeah, it's not. It's was I there's just, a million bootlegs really of weird crap out there too. But I mean, you know, they changed their sound again later. Like, like they only had two actual full length albums, and the first one was Walk Among Us, and uh, the second one, you can tell the difference between Walk Among Us and the later album is a Green Hell. Jesus Christ, that took me forever. But uh, yeah, the later the second album was more in line with like kind of like California, Orange County, like Southern California, like hardcore. Um, and that has to do a lot with their time spent with Black Flag. Um, it's a it's a lot yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. The songs are a lot more aggressive, um, you know, a lot more fast paced, less melodic. So, you yeah. know. And then, you know, when they eventually broke up in 83 and everyone went on to do their own thing, like he started Sam Hain, um, which is a, one of my favorite bands, November Coming Fires, Fires, amazing album. Then they, you know, he, when they broke up in 83 and he started Sam Hain and that became a more bluesy thing that eventually evolved into Danzig, you know, he, he is constantly reinventing the creepiness of Glenn Danzig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like he is one of my, yeah, yeah. one of my fucking favorite artists, but, uh, I've always been a gore gore kid, but yeah, like you know, the, the roots were definitely spent with you know in little shitty theaters with sci-fi horror themes and crappy television. I mean, that was highly influential um, to his career, and apparently, that really bad serial, <laughs> The Crimson Code. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. It is not a good movie. It is awful, but I've watched it like five times. Yeah. Well, I mean, there, I mean, there are other things like that. I mean, if anybody has uh, wa- anybody who's seen like the actual Bela Lugosi vampire film, White Zombie, you know what I mean? You're going to say yeah. like, okay, it's got some okay, it's got some good elements, but is this like the thing to make your emblem? I mean, pro- I, mean I think it has to have a Probably the same way that Glenn Danzig related to um, the Crimson Ghost and and other properties is it, it in in some way became personal for him in a way yeah. that he was a, you know like able to say yeah. like I don't give a shit what anybody feels about this. Also, it fucking sound it sounds yeah. bitching, which is you know crucial. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know you yeah. can't under underestimate yeah. in the, particularly the 20th century that just fucking sounds badass. 
Well, I think too, like you know, like I mean, I don't know if you ever have listened to or read, you know, interviews with Glenn Danzig. I mean, he's kind of yeah. he's he's kind of fucking yeah. dumb. Like, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I hope he doesn't hear this and try to kick my ass when he's like. You know, yeah. uh, I am. Um, yeah, <laughs> he's certainly a specific character. Yeah. So I, I think a lot he, about I, salad. I think he just saw that and was like, man. Uh, hey, that fucking thing looks cool. Man, that's all those guys are punching the shit out of each other. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna steal that logo. Which the the whole thing with the logo is fucking hilarious too, because like they uh-huh. they can't yeah. they can't be sued by the the you know the uh, the the company the the studio that produced this because of this like weird. Um, Oh, uh, yeah, this is, like, weird legal term called, like, it's, like, a French legal term called, like, the Doctrine of Lachey or Latch or whatever. And, like, basically, Republic Studios, who owns the right to the right uh-huh. to the Crimson Ghost, like, either A, did not know anything about it, like, it wasn't even on their radar that some shitty band from New Jersey that was didn't totally. think it was going anywhere was using, you know, their imagery as the main logo for their band. Mm. Or just didn't care, and it went for so long that, like, you know, by the eighty late 80s, when they actually started, like, merchandising heavily, and it became such a pop culture icon, like, they couldn't do anything about it, because they had <laughs> right. they had showed such a, a lapse that, that it was, like, you know, 15, 20 years of not giving a shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you used the logo. 50, 50, he's like, apparently, dibs takes about 15 yeah. years in yeah. real life. Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's, an actual, it's an actual legal fucking thing too yeah. oh for sure and for sure um, but yeah they can they can't do anything about it now and like that's the only yeah, yeah. the only reason anyone even knows about that horrible film serial is you know because of this crappy band from new jersey yeah it's a, it's a real horror <laughs> business <laughs> uh you can do, i i don't think i brought it up on the show before gavin have i told you about the story when i met glenn danzig no uh, it's not that interesting. Oh. I was there was in the, when I was working at the, the talent agency in um, in uh, actually no, it was right after I stopped working there because I was suddenly going in as a client. I was suddenly my agent now was was uh, technically an agent at that place. I went in to go meet with my agent. I was misremembering, and I was sitting. I came into the lobby. And it's just this tiny little area next to reception. And um, there were like three people, and one of them was obviously Glenn Danzig, because he <laughs> literally wears a Glenn Danzig costume every day of his life. Yeah. He wears a gray T-shirt, a black leather jacket with no adornments, a, like black jeans and black combat boots, and has like, you know, his ha- hair like a, uh, like a He-Man figure that forgot to cut it for like a year and a half. Uh, and I was like, um, sat down trying to figure out what to do. And I was like, Hey, um, are you Glenn Danzig? <laughs> and, and he was like, uh, yeah. And I'm like, uh, just, uh, just, why do you sound like Keanu I'm Reeves? A, I'm, a, I'm a fan. <laughs> um, I, I, he, I don't know. My, my impressions are kind of a, uh, prices right wheel of random, random impressions. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I will yeah. try to do like, um, <laughs> Irish in the, in the 18th century. Yeah. And you know, That's you'll get, you'll get Waluigi instead. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like it, 
it's it's you'll get it'll get it'll be an accent, but it won't necessarily be related to the accent that I meant to choose. So um, yeah, but he was just kind of like, "Hey, thanks, man, cool," and went back to like reading his <laughs> yeah. uh, like you know gun, Guns and Dudes magazine or whatever the fuck, just like Grievo from Kids in the Hall. Were you, were you with us, Gavin, when we met Jerry Only and Doyle in Cincinnati? No. The new Misfits, when they got Michael Grave, you know, they were doing a tour. and They played in Cincinnati, and we were outside in front of the show beforehand, like, hoping to see him. And, yeah, Jerry Only and Doyle, who, you know, are brothers, uh, they came out, and they were doing, like, a meet and greet for free with everybody, like, in front of the, uh, you know, the venue or whatever. But they were handing out Gideon Bibles. Yeah, and yeah. uh God everyone thought it. it was kind of a joke at first but it wasn't because they're yeah, heavily no it's not it's they're not, heavily yeah, christian they're, like when don't, don't aren't they also involved in having like a christian metal band on the side they am did I, am i making that up no they did it's not it didn't last long because it's fucking right. awful but uh right. yeah like as a like kind of um you know as a reply to glenn danzig's uh sam hain and then D- yeah demonic yeah. Band. Well, that that's a lot of reason why they broke up to begin with uh, was because they thought right because they, they were just New Jersey bros who yeah. like yeah. you know love their moms and Christ or whatever. Yeah, but they 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 formed a band. Like, I think it was in like '87. They only put out one uh, full length album, and it was fucking terrible. But it's called Christ the Conqueror. Yeah, Christ the Conqueror. Yes, with a y. Now, yeah. <laughs> but no, it's a yeah. K and a Y. It's K R Y S T. It's K R Y S. Yeah, Christ, Christy the Conqueror. Yeah. yeah, and Jerry only actually changed his name. Yeah, um, yeah. To, from to Jerry Mo, only Mo, Mo the to Great. Jerry everybody. No, it was Mo the Great. Mo the Mo, Great. Mo the, okay, well, <laughs> I swear to you Christ, you gotta change your name. I, 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 I'm in support, just objectively, of Mo the Great. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> they, so they did. <laughs> they tried to do the same thing. Like it was less horthy, but they used a lot of sci-fi imagery. Um, uh-huh yeah and yeah. it was just fucking awful like it was because it, yeah, it was yeah. totally uh it was i don't even think they released a i don't know if it was a but it was an ep actually and it was called deliver us from evil it was released in yeah 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 that was the only thing they ever did um and yeah. it was the the i see that the logo is like uh conan's sword yeah Oh yeah, it's it's so bad. It's unbelievably bad. Like they didn't oh, wear face they didn't wear face paint or anything. Yeah. And yeah. you know, Jerry only at that time, like he's been going bald for years, but he kind of covers it up because you know the devil lock, which is you know yeah. yeah, you can pull it in a strategic fashion. Yeah. Um, he kind of covers it up, but like, I mean, if you see pictures of him from Christ to Conquer, it's uh, it's fucking hilarious. Like his hairline starts like back where his ears are. But he's still got. He's trying to do long hair. And, <laughs> yeah, right. But it, yeah, it's so it's so bad. Um, I would not even bother listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I already listened to such a fraction of metal anyway that I, it's it's probably not going to go on my. It's probably not going to get on my radar. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. I don't need. I don't need any percentage of Christian metal unless there's some very specific reason. Unless it's it. striper. And that's it. Yeah, Striper's like there's really some. Good. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to jump in here and yell that Striper is fucking amazing. They're an awesome band. I don't <laughs> give a shit. <laughs> I mean, I don't know like, if they give fuck a shit. Yeah, or not, Striper. 
yellow. Well, um, I'm I'm trying I'm trying to uh, to 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 take a left turn and wonder about like what we what we might have been missing about the the Crimson Ghost and its relationship, you know, symbolically as a as a punk thing because of, of like. You know, like of all of the logos that you associate with a, a subculture or a counterculture, yeah, the the Crimson Ghost standard Misfits T-shirt is just like I don't know. It's maybe top three or it's, top it one. Might, it's like yeah, it might be number one. Yeah, I, I, like there are very few yeah, things like maybe. the Dead Kennedys logo does not have more impact i yeah. think you know i think if you were to numerically I, I it, look for it you'd find more crimson ghosts it depends on which scene you're in like yeah. uh you know sure I, I would say you know it's definitely in the top three dead kennedy's probably is two and the one that's always stands out in my head is the circle jerks like the skanky yeah. guy circle right jerks, always, um, right anti-nowhere league stuff everywhere Su- the but, sub hum and subhumans <laughs> like but i mean yeah out of all of those like the crimson ghost is definitely the most you know recognizable if we're talking about sheer number of shitty tattoos i would say the black and black mm-hmm. bars yeah. Black yeah. flag bars oh, yeah. have black to take bars, it over. Yeah. I, I do believe no. that the Crips and Ghosts is probably a number two, but every fucking I, I don't piece know. of don't shit know. that I know has fucking black flag bars. <laughs> yeah, so, that's yeah. true. Well, I mean, and I know a also lot because it's an easy ta- it's an easy tattoo, right? Like, I've, I've yeah, probably yeah. I've seen more one thirty eight tattoos than black flag or than the black flag bars. <laughs> No, you're making that up. That's not even factual. <laughs> stop it. That's I've never even seen a 138 tattoo. Red, red you're making that shit up. 138. Um, didn't Pony Boy have a 138? Pony Boy didn't have any tattoos, Gavin. He didn't. No. <laughs> oh, none at all. Well, shit. <laughs> Good. Now that's settled. Yeah. There we have it. But no, but no I, I, I mean, I'm trying to come up with, um, yeah, I'm trying to come up with alternatives that are more ubiquitous in terms of, you know, even outside of punk and things that are adjacent and it's just not. Well, the Ramones logo is like the not, classic, like, eagle, like, you know, it's supposed to look like the presidential seal Ramones thing. Yeah. That's right, probably right. just as iconic. Um, right. I would sure. say that it, right. I mean, I, w- I think the Misfits logo ranks right up there with that. Um, you know, yeah. people that don't even know who the misfits are, especially like celebrities and shit, will wear yeah. Yeah. crimson ghosts. There's, there's a big meme, <laughs> but they will also wear Ramon shirts or CBGB shirts. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's definitely formative of like that because I mean, they, you know, they started that whole genre of horror punk. You know, they weren't necessarily yeah, punk rock. They weren't necessarily hardcore punk like. I mean, they were in and of itself, like their whole thing. And from the be- very beginning, and it's just actually yeah. very amazing that, you know, when it came out, especially at, like the, of all the bands that were going on at the time that sounded, you know, fairly similar, um, they had a completely different fucking sound and, you know, they have stuck around till present day. I mean, they just reunited and are doing tours and they're in their sixties um and you know, people know who they are they know them like i i'd say it's, they're just behind you know recognizability of the remotes yeah yeah and certainly you i mean even 
because it's a, a fairly small genre, like horror punk specifically wouldn't exist, obviously. Yeah. And and certainly, you, you, I think you would at least argue that maybe Psychobilly would not exist, or even if it did, it would not exist yeah, no. in the form that it that it exists. Yeah. It's exactly. I mean, you know, a, a lot of people in you know, the Psychobilly scene really regard them as the founding fathers of Psychobilly too, because some of their earlier stuff really, you know. They, it really took a lot from like that 50s rockability mentality, like especially some of the keyboard stuff that they were doing early on. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, right. you could you could honestly say they're one of the founding fathers of that genre, subgenre, too. So wherever there is injustice, you will find us wherever there is suffering. We'll be there. Line. The, the you know the film itself I think is less important than what it spawned. Yeah, definitely. The, you know. Yeah, this is this is definitely turned into a cart driving the horse, but in a way that is you know it just has to do with sometimes sometimes the meme becomes the message. Yeah. And you and and it's okay because the message was it was interesting, but it's not it, it no longer is needs to do its job. And sometimes that's that's totally you know, reasonable. It's, it, it is what should have happened because the original message was not something that, you know, the, the world needed the, the funny ghost man more than it needed the actual movie or the, the serial program. Yeah. Oh, um, definitely. and, uh, so yeah. Okay. All right. Well, uh, thank like you for joining us. One more time. Cyclotrode. Yeah. Cyclotrode. 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 These new Zoomers don't know how to op- even operate a cyclotrode properly. Cyclotrode. Uh, <laughs> cyclotrode. Right, cool. Wait a second. Uh, you had jokes about what, Gavin? Mind control callers. Oh, yeah, we did. Like, yeah. That's a really shitty part of that what? movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> the Crimson Ghost controls people through um, these really crappy callers. Callers yeah. <laughs> uh, that oh all right yeah like Running Man <laughs> yeah but they'll die if if, <laughs> if they get take if they get taken off only by him but then they yeah. figure out that they don't need him and they get a nurse to do yeah, it somehow they, they, it's like need to demagnetize it. <laughs> yeah it's, <laughs> it's like it's a like kind of a subplot not really a subplot but just like you know yeah it's, it's an it's an explanation to how the crimson ghost can do has hen- yeah issue. like why he has, that guy has a mind control collar on so he's got to <laughs> yeah he's gonna go steal uh, me heavy water yeah, heavy water, which is how SpongeBob can go to the beach. Dude, I knew you were going to make that fucking SpongeBob joke because we talk about heavy water. What? We have an ongoing heavy water joke because you yeah. know how there's like there's oceans and beaches in SpongeBob, and how does that happen? It's because yes. heavier water. Heavy yes. water. Yes. <laughs> yes. So heavier water, I yeah. see. You'd, which is actually a thing. Regular... Like, look it up. Like, <laughs> there, there are parts of the ocean where it's so deep that the water becomes super compressed, so it flows under normal yeah. water, and it's heavier water. It's like a thing. <laughs> yeah, it's... it's the, There is water at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, um, that's heavier yeah, than normal no, water. It's yeah. heavier. That's how SpongeBob <laughs> go to the beach. Um, all right. Heavy well, water beach. The, Good, good thing we answered that uh, burning question that our <laughs> readers were having Heavy about how SpongeBob goes to the beach with Clancy Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Um, uh, all right. Well, that uh, with that bombshell, uh, we, I think we got we back ha- to nautical we... nonsense. <laughs> that, that... <laughs> something I wish. <laughs> it was something uh, we wish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our 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 actual spinoff show will be just oops all fish bullshit. Oops all, <laughs> oops, all <laughs> ocean shit. Oops, oops all scrimshaw. Yeah. Will be the actual <laughs> sp- actual actual spinoff show. That is just shitty pirate voices and rum. Um, this is the one, the only one you could actually make happen. I think. Aye, the hot um, pants. Hi there, my name is Douglas Rassensberger, and I'm a CEO and founder of Douglas's Cutlasses. Have you ever found yourself in this situation? You've just gotten home from a long day of spurring growth at your small but thriving business. You're just trying to slice some quality deli meats and cheeses for a relaxing snack, and suddenly there's a mysterious intruder rummaging through your garbage outside. What's a domestic disruptor to do when you get in a pickle like this? Pull out your handy-dandy, short-handled, half-guarded navel sword, that's what. Here at Douglas's Colors, we've got every possible colors for every conceivable scenario. Are you an aspiring or current CEO of a Fortune 500 company? I've got a colors for that. A middle school teacher struggling to maintain discipline in the classroom? I've got a cutlass for that. Looking to add a little flair to drab dinner parties? I've got a cutlass for that. Some people say to me, but Douglas, I'm not a pirate, privateer, or sailor. What do I need with a battle quality 27 inch half guard naval sword? I'm so glad you asked. Here at Douglas's Cutlasses, our research shows that the vast majority of conflicts, both business and personal, can be positively affected by the introduction of a modest, well-crafted naval sword. So let's get swashbuckling. No matter what's your problem, an easy-to-wield iron forged cutlass is probably the solution. So once again, I'm Douglas Raffensperger of Douglas's Cutlasses. Come get stabby with me. Please go to paypal.me slash oopsallmonsters and make a payment there. And that's oops with two O's. Again, that link is paypal.me slash oopsallmonsters. Well, let's get, I think let's get the, the fuck out of here. All right, Fuzz, thank you very much for providing this, um, this extra special insight into the origins and meanings of the, crisp, the Crimson Ghost, both the quote-unquote monster, who was really just a professor it's in a, a weird outfit. noteworthy skull. Yeah. <laughs> and a, uh, and it's the a, best Scooby Doo mask. It's the best. Scooby-Doo Absolutely, you're never well, gonna get me. Took took the meddling kids decades to realize that it was just a, a bro from New Jersey with a weird haircut. <laughs> uh, and so, but uh, thank you for edifying this weird uh, punk topic for uh, for us and the the listeners at home. All right, let's let's uh, close our fucking files out everybody. We have been oops all good oops, Jersey oh, boys. Uh, blah blah. Cyclotrode. <laughs>